0: Bring this one to the Ark of The show is about to begin. And welcome to Live from Old War, a World of Warcraft community roleplay podcast hosted by myself. My name is Kitch Goldwatt, and welcome to episode 8! As always, we're going to be jumping into some fun roleplay topics this week, and chatting about a few different things. Uh, it's kind of an a la carte variety episode today, you know, usually I try and get things to line up topic-wise and frame them around the interview, uh, but because our interview segment with KK today is so unique, it was kind of hard to pick a solo segment topic that was, uh... How do I say thematic with with what we're talking about? So instead, we're going to be doing a trivia at the beginning of the episode today to test some of your lore knowledge, and then we're going to be having a great performance interview with Sooty, one of the lead members of a performance roleplay group called Rum Squall, a group that I was able to have the pleasure of seeing back when I reviewed JeevesCon 2.0. They're one of the performance groups, and we're going to be chatting about how they do performance RP, what led them to get into the genre, and just all of that great information It's a wonderful uh, niche area of roleplay that I think more people should know about. So very excited for you guys to hear that interview. It went absolutely fabulous, and they have so much great insight into that niche of the World of Warcraft roleplay community. And then, of course, to end out the episode, we're going to have your role-play spot of the week, and then, of course, your month at a glance, three events that are happening in the month of July that you guys can catch before we move into August, and I'm really excited for that as well. But before we hop into all of that great stuff today, I did want to give a little PSA about the podcast to give you guys an update on the production process. Uh, I am about to move to a completely new city, into a completely new house, to get ready to go back to university. Uh, the reason why I started this podcast and why I've been so active in the roleplay community as of these past few months is because I've been on a gap year from university to work and to kind of figure out what I want to do with my life, so I am going back to school this August. So because of that, you know, when I move on August 1st, there is a chance that production process might slow down, maybe we'll miss a week of episodes because I have to figure out, you know, a new recording spot, you know, a new schedule for how I can edit things, so I just hope you guys can be a little patient with me there, you know, know, I do enjoy doing this podcast quite a bit, but of course, real life comes before everything else, and I want to prioritize moving into this great new adventure before I prioritize, you know, the podcast. So, hope you guys understand, but of course, I will try my hardest to get those episodes to you every Tuesday, if I can. Wasting no further time on introductions, let's jump into our trivia game of the week. Uh, I really, again, wasn't able to think of a topic to line up with the genre of performance RP since it is so unprecedented for me and there's really nothing that I can talk about that's along the same vein, so I decided instead to have kind of a wild card trivia game. So I have ten questions here that I think you guys will really enjoy. I've kind of tried to scale them uh, in difficulty, you know, question one being a fairly easy one, and then question 10 being one that, you know, obviously I scoured wowhead slash wowwiki to find out. So I I hope that you guys do pretty good on them. If you can get all 10 of them, I will bow down to you as a lore god, because I did not know a lot of them at the beginning. But there are a lot of great trivia questions. You know, my thing with trivia, is I like to learn new things, and I like to be kind of frustrated, you know, that I got something wrong. Um, So I did pick questions that were more difficult, but also stuff that is really just fascinating little tidbits about the world of Warcraft, so I hope you can find them interesting. As far as structure goes, I am going to read you the question and then the options for the answer and then I will give you guys a few seconds to pick your answer and uh, we'll keep going from there. So, after I read the question, if you need time to think and to consider, you know, feel free to pause the episode. That's why those, you know, few seconds of silence are in there. So that'll be kind of how we make it work today. Let's hop right in, shall we? Question 1. Azeroth has been through a lot of wars between the Horde and between the Alliance. Which war do we play through in Battle for Azeroth? Your options are A, the Third War, B, the Fourth War, C, the Fifth War, or D, the War to End All Wars. The answer is B, the Fourth War, and personally the only reason I know this is because they mention it a few times in the expansion, but mostly at the end of Battle for Azeroth when they're signing the Armistice, Anduin says something poetic like, So ends the Fourth War, blah 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 blah. I think they make a few jokes in the game about how many wars there are to keep track of. I think the Harbor Master in Colterus makes one. He's like, well, was it the second, third war? I can't remember. But uh, hopefully you got that one right. Again, that's the easiest question of all of them. So uh, if you had trouble with it, it only gets worse from here. Let's keep going. Number two, which of the following goblin cartels is led by Gazlo? Your options are A, the Steamweedle Cartel, B, the Bilgewater Cartel, Or C, the Venture Company. Your answer is B, the Bilgewater Cartel. I wish that I had more to add on this question, but unfortunately my knowledge of goblin lore is very limited, so this is the only time that I've ever looked up goblin lore specifically for that question. So hopefully you found it a little bit more easy to figure out than I did. Question three, in which zone can we find the remains of Galakrond? And if you don't know, Galakrond is the father of all dragons, the progenitor drake that devoured a bunch of proto-drakes and then was defeated by the Aspects. And his remains can be found at one of these four places in Northrend. The answer might surprise you. A. Ice Crown; B. Dragonblight. C. The Borean Tundra. Or D. The Storm Peaks. Hopefully it was obvious, the answer is B, Dragonblight. There is a little excavation area in the zone where we can find the monstrous remains of Galakrond that really give us insight into just how massive the dragon was. Question number four is also dragon-related. It says, Dragons are known for taking different forms to conceal their identities. What is the name of the human form Neltharion took before becoming Deathwing? Your options are A, Sir Nathan Albright, Option B, Lord Davil Prester, C, Sir Daniel Truebreeze, or D, Counselor McKenna. The answer is B, Lord Davil Prester, and you might have known this answer if you knew Onyxia's form, which was Lady Prester. The two kind of took very similar forms, and even, in classic WoW, wore the exact same robe, so it might have been a dead giveaway. Question number five, in order to begin his Burning Crusade across the stars, Sargeras required an endless army. Which prison world did Sargeras shatter to free the demons of the future Burning Legion? Your options are A. Telegris, B. Zoroth, C. Mardum, or D. Nathriza. The answer is C, Mardum. Mardum is the planet that Sargeras shattered and freed the demons to join the Burning Legion, and you should know this if you've ever played a demon hunter, because that is the zone where you start out. Question number six. Ny'alotha, the twisted reality inhabited by Nazoth and the Black Empire, goes by many names. Which of the following is not a name for Ny'alotha? Your options are A, the Black City. B the Waking City, C the Dreaming City, or D the Sunken City? The answer is A the Black City. Annihilotha is known as the Waking City, the Dreaming City, the Sunken City, and I think also the Sleeping City, but it is not known as the Black City, despite the fact that the Black Empire is located there. Question number seven Which void lord is responsible for destroying the ethereal homeworld of Koresh? Your options are a Pandemonious, B Destrious, C Dementius, or D Annihilus. The correct answer is C, Dementius the All-Devouring. And we actually fight Dementius in The Eye, the spaceship, you know, Exodar-looking place where we kill Kalthos. In one of the side rooms, you fight Dementius the All-Devouring. Question number eight comes to you from Pandaria. The Shadowpan only take on new members every seven seasons. In a ritual they call A. Trial of the Crimson Lotus B. The White Tiger's Trial C trial of the red blossoms, or D, the test of iron resolve. The answer is C, the Trial of the Red Blossoms, and what's interesting about this lore tidbit is that the Shadowpan elect uh, about 12 people to come in as initiates and take the trial, and they know that it's time to pick those 12 initiates when the trees inside of the Shadowpan Monastery turn what they call on WowWiki a brilliant crimson red. So they pick 12 people and only 6 of them become Shadowpan in the Trial of the Red Blossoms. Question number nine, the oracles, a race of friendly frog-like people that can be found in the heart of Sholazar Basin, dedicate themselves to this cause above all else. Your options are A, advancing their civilization's mystical power, B, protecting Sholazar's Titan technology from outsiders, C, fostering and raising the green protodrakes, or D, unifying their many tribes against the frenzy heart. The correct answer is B, protecting Sholazar's titan technology from outsiders, and we learn this kind of through the venture company questline when they come in and try and steal some of the titan technology and the oracles aren't very happy about it, and it's kind of hard to know this one. Again, this is kind of on the latter end, the more difficult questions, because the oracles talk in very broken common, so their lore is very confusing, but yes, their cause above all else is protecting the titan technology, despite how little they know about it. And then the final question, question number ten, the centaur, a race of half-horse, half-humanoid savages, were begotten by Princess Theradras and the son of Cenarius. What is the name of Cenarius' son whom the centaur murdered? And your options are A, Verathos, B, Antilarian, C, Zatar, or D, Celebrus. The correct answer is C, Zaytar, And this lore is interesting because Princess Theradras and Zetar got together and created the centaur. And then in a grand stroke of irony, the centaur turned against Zaytar and uh, murdered him. And it was a very interesting irony there. But the reason that we have to kill Theradras in the uh, instance, Muradon, is because she's mourning Zetar and causing all of these issues. So it's a little interesting lore tidbit from all the way back in Classic that if you got, I'm very impressed with you. Technically, that is the end of our questions, but I did want to throw in a bonus question. One that I think is pretty impossible to get right. I-, I thought that it was pretty impossible to get right. At least I had to really scour the interwebs to find the answer. And the question is, where can you connect with an amazing community of WoW role players and chat about our show? The options are, A, the live from War Discord. B, the live from Moldawar Discord. C, the live from Old War Discord, and D, the live from Old War Discord. The answer may shock you. It is the Live from Old War Discord. And if you're not in the Live from Old War Discord, you really need to join it because it is where we organize pretty much everything about the show. It's where I talk with guest stars and pick people to come on the show. It's where I take suggestions, take question and answer content. And it's just a great place for you to connect with other WoW role players across the community of varying experience levels. So please join the Discord. It's going to be linked in the episode description. And uh, we'll, we'll give you a chat. It's going to be a great time. That closes out the trivia section for today. If you guys enjoyed that segment, be sure to let me know and I will be certain to do it again. And hopefully maybe reach out to you guys so you can give me your trivia questions that you think are impossible for other people to answer. We're now going to move into our interview of the week with Sooty, someone who I've been friends with on the World of Warcraft Twitter community and a little bit in games since about March of this year when I joined Twitter. They're a great person and a wonderful role player, and they have so much wonderful insight into the topic of performance role play with their band called Rumsquall. So without spoiling it, you know, I think it was a great interview. So uh, give me a few seconds and I'll get you guys the playback. Incoming transmission. Optimizing audio, optimization complete, welcome. And we're back with today's special guest. If you guys have been paying attention to the show, they are someone who's actually been aforementioned. When I did my review of JeevesCon 2.0, I mentioned a group called Rumsquall, and today I have the esteemed pleasure of sitting down and talking with Sooty, one of the leaders of Rumsquall and someone who knows a great deal about the upcoming and sprouting genre of performance RP. Uh, Say hello, Sooty.
1: Hey, hey, how's it going?
0: It's going pretty good. How about you?
1: I'm doing good. Very excited to be sitting down and chatting with you today.
0: Yeah, I'm excited too. I mean, I seriously have not been so like enthralled and excited about an RP experience since Rum Squall. It was so fantastic. And I knew like the second that I saw Rum Squall perform and then Clockwork Chameleon perform that I had to get one of you guys on the show to talk about it because I, I think everyone needs to know about it. It is such a fantastic, uh, such a fantastic genre of roleplay. And you guys did such a great job.
1: Yeah, uh, we're very proud of you know what we've been able to do so far. And it's definitely been interesting and learning the ropes and getting into it. And everybody has such a blast, even in just practices. So, you know, I'm glad everybody else is having a good time, too.
0: Yeah, it's paying off in spades, all of the work that you guys do behind the scenes. Um, and it's fun because I know a few of the people who are in the band and play on different characters. So, you know, it's it's just fun in general to support some of my friends and the stuff that they're doing. Um, so kind of hopping into the topic today, I really would like to know you know, before we get too deep into the performance roleplay, I always like to ask, you know, what is your history with roleplay? Uh, and kind of just tell us about where you started and how it led you to where you are right now.
1: Oh gosh. So, like a lot of people, I started when I was very small sort of. I was maybe 11 or 12 when I actually got into World of Warcraft RP. It was like 2006, okay, to give you an idea, and most of my characters were not made until around then, uh, which would include Sooty. He's a very old character. And on and off, I have been role playing with different groups of people, but I haven't really found like a specific group to hang out with until most recently. And before I came back to WoW RP about a year ago, I had taken like a five-year break, so it's just... It, It's on and off, but I still love it.
0: Yeah, and I've had a few interactions with Sooty, and then I had an interaction with your other mechanome. So it's been fun to kind of see the different characters that you play. Um, and it's it's cool because I would have never guessed that Sooty was someone who was in a band. Because, uh, you know, for someone who you know is isn't listening to the show, uh, Sooty is someone who is a, like a pirate, like a pirate pyromancer. So when you had approached me and talked about Rumsquall, I was so fascinated. And I was like, that is such a great little... Uh, niche for them to pursue. So in turn, I kind of want to ask you what inspired you out of character pursue to pursue uh, in-game performance roleplay? And maybe was there anything that inspired Sooty to pursue being a performer?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So out of character, we'll just start by saying that uh, the good apples headed by Lumi is what started me uh, with the interest in it. And Watching the first performance that they did, I was just blown away. And I'm like, holy cow, I want to do that sometime. And I didn't know how they did it, uh, but I knew that eventually I wanted to do that. So I started like collecting songs that Sooty would want to play, that things that stylistically fit him, because he also has a solo act that he does sometimes when he's not with the band. So uh, performance RP has been a major interest of mine for most of my time after coming back to WoW RP.
0: Yeah, and it's great because I see Rumsquall at, I I saw them at JeevesCon, and then it's great because, you know, we're going to see them down the road, and it's great because I love that through Performance RP, people can just get their friends together and create something that's so special and just so so reliant on group dynamic, so I really want to know also just a little bit about Squall and all of your friends that are inside of it, you know, tell us about them and kind of its uh, both in-character and out-of-character origins.
1: Oh yeah, so it's a very simple origin. Um, all of the people that are in it are also part of Dark Moon's Finest, which is the roleplay community that I've found myself most engrossed in after coming back. They're wonderful people, love them to death. And uh, one of the major people within the guild is uh, known as Sharky uh, in the band. He plays Barnacle, and he approached me uh, a while back and said, "Hey." I want my character to play music with your character, and Barnacle's also a pirate. And I'm like, hmm, hmm, pirate music. (laughs) And so I started thinking, and then I thought literally about the band Ale which is where the name Rumsquall comes from. It's just a play off of that. Uh, And I had to look for other people, because in some of the songs there is uh, another vocalist, singing and i'm just like okay right so we've also got alana our female vocalist she's the one who does the flexing she's just she's just great absolutely wonderful beautiful person she does our quote-unquote drums as well as being the female vocalist uh and then we've got errol erolin tidesong he's played by uh, another person within the guild and he. His his character's gimmick is kind of interesting, and so I use it a lot during performances where he is a pirate man who is possessed partially by the soul of his sister, so sometimes the banshee screams come out, and I think, oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> so we use that occasionally within some of the songs, or at least I try to, because I like to make sure everybody is included.
0: Right, and tell us a little bit about the music of Rum Squall, because, you know, it You had sent me a sample of it, you know, a few weeks back, and I thought it was such a great little niche of music that I'd personally never heard of. It was like, you know, metal, but also sea shanty. So where did you kind of discover that, you know, genre of music? How did you get into it?
1: So I'm still exploring the genre as a whole, but I've known about specifically the band that we're playing off of, Ailstorm, for many years. They've been around for a while. They're a gimmick band out of Scotland. And when they sing, you can really tell that they're Scottish, especially with some of the words that they use. But it's just, um, I've always been big into metal music. And if you haven't known me very long, that might be a surprise. Because, oh, you're such a sweet person, but you're listening to death metal. It's a favorite genre of mine. It just gets me all pumped up. And I've always loved Pirates since I was very small. This ties back a little bit to Sooty because he was made probably after the second Pirates of the Caribbean movie was released, which was 2006. So since then, pirates, big thing. And then if you combine pirates with metal music, uh-oh, I love it.
0: Yeah, and Sooty is such a great character to kind of spearhead and flagship such a band. Because if you talk with Sooty in character, they're so they're so archetypically a pirate, and that's what I think makes them so charming. And having them be in a band that's like pirate metal music and is also like a gimmick band i it was just so much fun to watch and the music that i'd never really heard before really got me headbanging in my office like it was it was just a really great time in seeing everyone come together and just get rowdy for this group experience truly you know to anyone listening i hope you guys can catch it soon because the way that everything is synchronized is so impressive because i've heard of people using the storyteller add-on for like just solo performances but everyone was like saying their lines in sync with the music on the group watch and to me it was magic it was so above and beyond anything i've ever seen before that this is the question that I've been so excited to ask you is, is how do you guys do that? What WoW add-ons and what resources do you use to create such a seamless and enjoyable roleplay performance?
1: So you've mentioned it a couple of times, perhaps, on the podcast. At least you've mentioned it once, but it's uh, we use Watch Together to sync everybody's music all at once. So everybody joins the same room, and I've got the playlist up there with our music on it, and then I hit the button and we just jump in when the lyrics start. We use Storyteller, we copy-paste the lyrics into Storyteller, which you've mentioned again. Uh, It's just absolutely way too useful for performance roleplay. Another friend of the guild turned us onto it, actually, before a big event a while back in February, and I've just... uh, It makes roleplay performing the way we do it so accessible and so easy to get into. Like, I would not be able to perform without Storyteller, especially because there's a macro that you can set up with it so that you can just bind it, the read function of the Storyteller add on, to your hotbar so you can just tap a button and have it read for you instead of like clicking. It's so nice.
0: It sounds like such a useful asset, and I would be curious to know, is there, like, a a difficult learning curve to getting into Storyteller? Because personally, I've really been considering using it for, like, maybe, like, a lecture or something for kitsch. So I'd be curious to know, when it comes to timing everything out and writing everything out, is it very difficult? Does it take some time to learn? Uh, Kind of your take on it.
1: So when it, like, in general, not just for performance RP, when you're when you have like a bunch of text in there and you're writing stuff out, it's a good idea to sort of think about how long it would actually take your character to say that. And you could, for example, read a paragraph. Like, so if you put up a paragraph for like the introduction to something, you could read it to yourself and figure out, okay, how long does this take to actually speak before you hit the button again to put up, pull up the next bit of information. It's, a, it, it, you know, it's a little bit of a learning experience, but you get used to it fairly quickly, especially with a bit of practice. It's just, okay, yeah, so this is about how long this would take. And especially with, like, with, like, performance RP, what, how to get used to it is just, you have to listen for when the words come in the song, and then you hit the button or whatever. But, you know, it, it's just all about practice, and you kind of feel things out as you go along, and uh, I've been helping everybody in the band with that as we go, so. It's definitely a learning process, but not super difficult, if that makes sense.
0: Right. I would say it's really quite the iceberg. You know, on the surface, it looks so, you know, seamless and complete, but I can only imagine the amount of work that goes into typing out an entire song and then, you know, multiple songs after that in Storyteller. I know just from talking with Intamin that they've, you know, spent just hours on end preparing for these performances So I would be curious to know, how do you guys prepare for an upcoming performance? You know, obviously there's a certain out-of-character aspect that comes into, you know, getting everyone the macros, getting everyone to be, you know, at the same time. But I've also heard you talk about band practice roleplay. So just kind of give us an all-encompassing view of how you guys get ready for these big shows.
1: Oh yeah, the inside scoop. This is probably my favorite thing to sort of joke about, at least with the band itself. But how everything is set up is this. I have a Google Doc that has the entire script for everyone within it. And I put the boring part. I I take care of all the boring work, which is getting all the song lyrics down and making sure everything's sort of portioned up for everybody. So like, if a line is supposed to be sung by Alana, I highlight that in a specific color. And if it's sung by everybody, it's in another specific color. So everything's pretty organized in one central document. And from there, everybody pastes their specific lines into their own document so that they can just copy, paste it into Storyteller in one go afterwards. But I take care of all the really boring garbage first so that nobody else has to do it. Uh, behind the scenes is the central document, yes. And when it comes to band practice, we I make sure everybody's like all situated with the watch together so I have the playlist already set up for everybody. I do all of the background mechanics stuff to make things work. And everybody else is just helping me out by performing what they're supposed to be doing. So we'll run through the script and I'll be like, okay, so here's where I would like to use this toy, for example. It's like, okay, do we have that toy? Do we do this? Do we do that? And then everybody will jump in with their own ideas and I'll be like, hey, yeah, let's try that on the next run through and see how that looks. And we'll be like, yeah, that's good. So it's it's a lot of collaborative work while we listen to the music over and over and over again.
0: Right. And I think what's so cool about it, I'm glad that you mentioned the toys, because the amount of... Uh, in-game toys that you guys use during these performances is so cool. That's some, I can't believe I forgot to mention that. It's insane. It's cool because you guys have, like, pyrotechnics, uh, you have a lot of cool, like, spotlight toys and stuff, and I can only imagine, you know, how crazy it would be to organize all of that. So, huge props to you for, you know, putting that together and doing all of, <laughs> as you said, you know, the boring work, because it, it really pays off. And I would be curious also to know, um, do you guys do any, like, band practice or Role play, or is that usually mostly handled out of character?
1: Oh, no. The band practice is all out of character. We don't do any of that in character, and the band wasn't even really sort of, like, formed in character within the game. It was... uh, I was approached by Barnacle out of character. Hey, you want to make a band? And I thought, hell yeah! So, uh, then I just gathered everybody else up, and we we have a little group DM where we plot and plan everything, and Uh, Everything else is handled out of character. Everything else is just out of character collaboration.
0: I think it's so great because the amount of stage work that goes into it too, uh, again, I I can say it over and over over and over again, you know, the hard work really pays off. It's exceptional. I would also like to ask, where can we see Rumsquall kind of in the future? I know that you guys have plans for a few upcoming events, uh, but beyond that, what do you think the future of Rumsquall looks like?
1: Oh, well, we've definitely got a show coming up. It's literally in a couple of weeks at a Tournament of Ages. We're going to be playing Tuesday night at 9 p.m. server time. We've got a full hour show. It's going to be a blast. Uh, Outside of that, I don't have uh, a lot of future plans that I can disclose yet. But when I do, I will absolutely make more announcements about it. Uh, For now, though, just the Tournament of Ages show is on the docket. And uh, we're working very hard on that. Uh, It's going to be a big show. Definitely the biggest thing I've worked on in a long time.
0: Right. Tournament of Ages is really where it's at. And I'm sad because I'm going to be at Crash Con running that event, but you did mention that you're going to record it for me. So (laughs) I won't, I won't miss it. Um, and for other people who might not be able to make it to Tournament of Ages, I don't suppose there's anywhere that they could watch like a retrospective of the recording, anything like that.
1: Oh, uh, it'll be recorded by uh, another friend of the guild and it'll be uploaded to YouTube. So I will just provide you the link when the time comes, once it's been uploaded.
0: Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So for anyone listening, if you for some reason can't make it to uh, Tuesday's performance uh, in August, uh, then you'll be able to watch it on YouTube, which is great. So I'll be taking advantage of that for sure. And uh, moving kind of into the last portion of our interview here, you know, this isn't something that I had initially put on the question docket, but I... Just hearing you talk about this topic, it's great. You obviously have such uh, an immense passion for it. And I think that really shows in the performances and how they're so much fun. So I really want to ask you what do you love about performance roleplay? And why do you keep working so hard to make it the way it is?
1: My favorite aspect of it is just being able to share music that I like with a bunch of people who, like you, have maybe never heard it before. Like, you haven't listened to. AleStorm, so your first experience with it was the opening that we did for Intamin at JeevesCon. And my favorite part about it in general is just being able to look at this music and share it with a bunch of people who, you know, probably haven't heard it before.
0: Right. And it's great. It's such a great introduction to, I think, so many different characters too. And it facilitated such a great time for me and all the people that I was role playing with. Uh, you know, Kitsch, obviously, <laughs> a robot. So seeing something so enthralling and uh, enlivening was very interesting food for role play after the performance. So really just a huge thank you to you guys for all of the wonderful stuff that you're doing in the role play community and kind of mirroring questions that I've asked prior guests before, uh, what would you say to someone who is considering getting into role play performance and is maybe kind of on the fence about it? Do you have any advice, words of wisdom, etc.?
1: Here's a big thing that comes up a lot during our practices, even still, even though, you know, we've done a show and we do practice, we, we do a lot of work. But this comes up a lot, and it's important to note that everybody messes up. But nobody will notice if you mess up during a show because everybody is having too much fun listening to the music and watching what effects you're doing. Nobody will notice your screw-ups. Do not be afraid to mess up. You'll get better with practice. You'll get better with time. And, you know, even if you do mess up during a show, literally no one will care. They're just there to have fun.
0: Right, right. And a lot of fun it is. It certainly is. So thank you so much for that advice. And uh, Sooty, thank you so much for coming on the show today and talking with us about a topic that uh, I personally think deserves so much more attention in the roleplay community. And hopefully down the road, I can maybe talk with some other performance roleplayers in the community and maybe have you on again to talk about Sooty a little bit deeper and more about Rum Squall. You guys are doing such amazing work for us. And I'm so excited to uh, watch the video of Tournament of Ages performance. Uh, So again, for anyone listening today, their next performance is going to be uh, Tuesday, August 3rd at the Tournament of Ages at 9.30pm. And where on the Tournament of Ages map are you guys going to be performing?
1: Oh, we have a slot on the main stage. It's big time, baby.
0: Oh, big time. Nice. (laughs) Right, well, Sooty, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. I think we're going to close out here and kind of move into the latter portion of our episode. We're going to talk about the roleplay spot of the week and the month at a glance. So, Sooty, until we meet again, thank you so much.
1: Hey, and thank you for having me. It was a pleasure talking with you.
0: Transmission concluded. If you would like to keep up with Gurlic's Sootbeard on social media. Their Twitter will be linked in the episode description. Once again, an enormous thank you to Sudi for coming on the show this week and talking with me about performance roleplay. Again, a genre that I think deserves a lot more coverage, and uh, I hope you guys are able to make it to their show at the Tournament of Ages. Again, to beat it over your head, it is uh, August 3rd at 9.30pm on the main stage at TOA. But now moving into the final portion of our episode today, or how I like to call it, uh, the segment that I record the day before the episode is supposed to come out. We have your roleplay spot of the week and your month at a glance. Uh, starting with your roleplay spot of the week, it is coming to you from High Mountain in the Broken Isles. Uh, this is a location that I have not covered yet, as far as continents. So I'm trying to get them all covered. Uh, and this is Stonehoof Watch at coordinates 59.65 on the eastern border of High Mountain. Now this is an area that I think is pretty broadly usable by any race. Doesn't have to be a uh, high mountain torrent, doesn't even have to be torrent, it could be any race uh, because it's kind of just a camp watchtower area. It's positioned kind of on a ledge overlooking the bigger portion of Stormheim, and the location has two empty tents with a bunch of hammocks in it, and then, of course, the empty watchtower. This location is a role player's dream because the only NPC at the location is a flight master, so you can fly directly to this location and not have to deal with any NPCs otherwise. And I also like this location because there are roads leading to and from the camp that are completely empty of hostile NPCs, so if you want to do traveling to your camp, traveling from your camp, any of that kind of RP, it's a really great spot for that. It's kind of a simple spot for this week, again, but it is really what you make of it. So again, that is going to be Stonehoof watch at coordinates fifty nine sixty five in High Mountain, a few empty tents and an empty tower. So I hope you guys get some use out of it. If you want to see a larger breakdown of the space, be sure to join the live from Old War Discord, and the details will be posted in our RP Spots room. And finally, moving into the final part of our episode today, the month at a glance, or I should say a, a very strange month at a glance, as I keep somehow missing events that are happening inside the month that I'm covering. Uh, I guess I'm just not in the correct spaces that are advertising them, or I'm just not looking hard enough. So I picked three topics today that are kind of events and that may not be happening in the month of July. So it's a, it's a quote-unquote month at a glance. And those three events are the Alliance Free Press Poetry Competition, Daily Quests by Burly Cloud, and finally, a piano events called Why are there so many Volpera here? The first event is the Alliance Free Press Poetry Competition, hosted by the AFP, a group that I have um, created a commission for. I created a newspaper ad for their paper, and that was a lot of fun, and I would encourage you to partake in their poetry competition. It ends July 24th, and they are accepting submissions uh, by a Google form that I will be sure to link in the episode description. As far as the parameters for entry, I'm told it's very simple. Uh, You know, no plagiarism, no NSFW, stuff like that. And uh, they've got some prizes out here. So for the first place prize, they're giving out a hundred thousand in-game gold and a half-body sketch of your character writing poetry, which I think is a pretty baller prize if I've ever heard one. So, you know, if anything, just do it, you know, to hopefully get a shot at that character sketch and the gold. That's awesome. And then the second award, a uh, second place award, is 50,000 gold and a Discord emote, a custom Discord emoji for probably your character, I would assume. And then third place, they've written that you get 25,000 gold and a high five. So again, a lot of prizes happening with the poetry competition. It is ending July 24th. So please put in your submissions if you have them in the Google form linked in the episode description. Moving on, we have a daily recurring event that really caught my eye, and that is Daily Quests by Burly Cloud, and this is someone who I'm following on Twitter, someone who's also another graphic designer in the World of Warcraft community, and they do some exceptional work. Uh, I love everything that they put out, and their most recent project has been these daily Total Roleplay 3 extended quests, and they've marketed uh, marketed it as a way to get back into zones that are older, that you don't have an excuse to roleplay in, uh, maybe a way to just get out and do something. And they are basically just giving you daily quests on their character's Uh, both on the Alliance and the Horde side, and giving people prizes, uh, either in-game gold or TRP-3 extended prizes. As far as, like, the content of the quests, I'm not sure exactly what they are. I'm sure they're kind of a mixture between, you know, complex storylines, maybe a few fetch quests here and there, but it sounds incredibly interesting and certainly something that I would like to give a try. And if you would like to give it a try, these daily quests are being handed out by RhymeShard on Twitter, or you can find them in-game on the Alliance side, on Burly Cloud, or on the Horde side, and I apologize if I butcher this name, I think I, I think I got that right. So those are the two characters that they're going to be giving out quests on. Again, all that info will be in the episode description. Give it a try. I think it's a fascinating idea and one that certainly takes a lot of dedication. So please make their hard work worth it and go try out some daily quests that really concludes this week's a la carte episode. I know it was a little wacky, a little nonsensical. Things didn't really, you know, uh, match up with each other as far as topic. But I think if you listen to everything in a vacuum, they all worked out pretty well. I really enjoyed giving you guys some trivia, and I can't stress enough how great it was to talk with Sooty about Rum Squall and about performance roleplay. I've said it once, I'll say it again, be sure to join the Live from Oldwar Discord, it's a great space to connect with not only me, but with a lot of other people in the roleplay community, and I think they're all wonderful, great people, and not only have I learned so much, but I'm sure that you can learn a lot, just by being around all of these great new people. This, of course, has been your mechanized host, Kitch Goldwatt, thank you so much for joining me here in the Titan Forge depths of Ulduar, and we'll see you next week.